Lagunilla and Peralvio are bohemian markets, selling everything from t-shirts to antiques and jewelry. Tepito, also known as the Barrio Bravo, tough neighborhood, was strictly black market. Tepito's history dated back to the Aztec Empire, which established the area as part of its slave trade. When the people were forbidden to sell their goods in Tlatelolco, the Tepiteños set up their own market, a place where thieves could move their stolen goods. Today, the neighborhood was ravaged with crime, policed by more than fifty gangs and ruled by drug cartels. Enter the market and you would find fake designer clothes, stolen cameras, and stall after stall of pirated CDs and DVDs. Used electronics were sold as new. Cookware and other goods bore unbeatable prices, having fallen off the truck. Lose your passport, and you could probably buy it back in Tepito for $5,000. Need phony documents or a gun while visiting Mexico? Tepito was your destination. The people of Tepito were very religious. There were altars erected on almost every corner, dominated by the presence of La Santa Muerte, Saint Death. No one knew for certain how this female grim reaper came into being. Historians traced her origins to Mictlan Tecutli, an Aztec death goddess whose skeleton was said to belong to the Virgin Mary. Condemned by the Roman Catholic Church, the cult of Sante Muerte remained underground until 2001. From one altar in Tepito rose twenty. The skinny girl's growing congregation demonstrating that the power of prayer was not limited to those who chose to live life without sin. To gangbangers and members of Mexico's drug cartels, Santissima Muerte was a spiritual figure whose presence provided psychological strength. Prisoners prayed to her for protection against other inmates. Mexico's poor, sick, and oppressed sought the salvation she offered, free of judgment. Others prayed to the female Grim Reaper to strike their enemies dead. The taxi motored north along the Avenue Paseo de la Reforma, the driver glancing every few minutes at his female passenger in the rearview mirror. Gold cross, no other jewels, plain purse, no designer wear. Still, an American, and pregnant at that. The wedding ring is probably in the purse. He flashed a false smile. Senorita, you have been to the Mercado de Tepito before. The woman continued staring out the window, absent-mindedly palpating her swollen abdomen with her right palm, her left hand twirling a strand of silky red hair. I love you, Mary. I want to be there when you have our baby. I want us to be a family. Marry me, Mary, and make me the happiest guy in the world. If Andrew Brodowski's proposal was a blessing from heaven, then the two-carat engagement ring was the icing on the cake. Her head in the clouds, all Mary could think about was making arrangements for a December wedding. Andrew had other plans. Mary, darling, a December wedding, it's too soon.
We'd have to rush out invitations, secure a banquet room. There are a million details. June is better for a wedding. The baby will be born, you'll have your figure back. Plus, I can hire a wedding planner while you focus on finishing Scythe. Andrew's sentimentality touched her to the core. And he was right. How could she possibly prepare for the best day of her life while her mind remained absorbed in untangling the genetic secrets of the Black Death? And so she threw herself into her work, intent on finishing the weaponization of Scythe a full week before baby Jesus' birth. After the blessed event, she'd take a six-month leave of absence, giving her time to bond with her child and plan out her wedding. She could not recall being so happy, feeling so alive,